0: Are you ready? You better get ready. Get
1: ready to dive into the heart of local sports action. Broadcasting live from the heartland of Missouri, welcome to the SEMO Scramble Zemo. on SEMO ESPN. Get set. Because it's time to catch up on the latest local highlights, in-depth analysis, and interviews from the bootheel and
0: beyond.
1: Here we go. With your host, Rusty Hendricks and Jess Todd.
2: And good Saturday morning to you. And welcome to the Semo Scramble here on Semo ESPN Radio. That is 1220 AM, 93.5 FM and online at SemoESPN.com. You can always download the free Semo ESPN app. You can toggle between other River Radio uh, stations and look at the latest news and weather and a lot of neat things, uh, get signed up for some of the promotions and uh, giveaways there as well. So, again, the free SEMO ESPN app, you can take it with you anywhere as well and listen to SEMO ESPN. Jess Todd, Rusty Hendricks, and Jess, first off, as we get things started, I just want to say happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there. You know, Veterans Day sometimes can get confused a little bit with Memorial Day. Memorial Day is more for those remembering and honoring those that have gone before, so have passed, uh, particularly for those that have passed during uh, wartime, but uh, Veterans Day is to those to honor all, including those uh, living and that it has been you know, sacrificing themselves and, and with their service, and we just want to say again a big thank you and uh, uh, appreciate all that they do, and so again, happy Veterans Day.
3: Yeah, it was really cool. A lot of the games last night had uh, moments where they recognized the veterans in the crowd as well, so um, it just shout out to you guys. I mean, it's, we can't say it enough
2: you know i have uh ever i think everyone can do this you know i I have obviously some some cousins uh you know uncle um you know different family members that have served and obviously i i have not done that my my parents were not in the military either, but again I've always had a lot of respect for those that have served and uh you know spent their time protecting this country and it just uh i don't know it I've always had also a lot of intrigue and um you know, just learning from history and and some of the some of the things from, you know how things have happened back in the day, and I don't know, it's just always uh, been special to me. And again, I just uh, I think it's really neat. Yeah, I, I, a lot of my I have a lot of family history that uh, went through
3: the military and the Korean War, the Vietnam War, yeah. um, and just kind of hearing the stories from them is it's humbling for sure. So uh, if you have somebody in your in your life in your family that um, has gone through that, um, regardless of the level of it. Just have a conversation with them about it, and just let them know that you care. Absolutely.
2: So again, happy Veterans Day to everyone, and welcome to the show here for the Semo Scramble, and you know, a loaded show. We're gonna have uh, head coach Jim May on. He's the head coach for the Scott City Rams. Unfortunately, their season ended last night of the district uh, championship in uh, Class Two. But we'll be talking to him in about uh, about ten, fifteen minutes from now, and then about nine thirty, Dana Powell for. Uh, The Cape Central swimming teams, the head coach for the swimming team for Cape Central, had a state champion in the boys swimming in the 100-meter butterfly. So we'll be talking about that, of course, and that'll be uh, fun. We don't get a lot of swimming action here on the show, Jess, but, uh, again, well-deserved to talk about that.
3: Hardest sport, I think, bar none. It's crazy difficult. And it sounds silly because a lot of people can swim, but... When you're talking not at the highest level when you're an elite level swimmer like that, it is unbelievably difficult. I did swimming for one year uh, competitively, and that is not something you can just hop in the pool and compete with the kids that are at the top of their game, or the athletes that are at the top of their game. It just yeah, that is one of those sports that is immensely difficult to, to try to get up to that level.
2: It's crazy. So that'll be fun talking to Dana Powell again. That's coming up at about 9.30. So we'll start here uh, with a little high school football, Jess, district tournament action. And uh, for most of the classes, it was the district championship. We'll start, though, in Class 1. So the semifinals in Class 1, District 1, it was Marionville with a victory over Kabul, 44-6. to But the team that we're focusing on here, Portageville and Thayer, Portageville continues to roll 49-8 to winners against Thayer, so they will play uh, next week in the district championship against Marionville. That's going to be a Saturday game, though, in Marionville at 1 p.m., so uh, that's a team we're eyeing on. We think Portageville can maybe make a run, so that'll be fun as well. In District 2, Jess, the number 1 seed, St. Vincent, takes care of business, winning 42-6 over Van Farr, and they will take on Crystal City in the – the final as well. That will be next week, next Friday night against uh, Crystal City from Festus. So St. Vincent moving on as well. So a good win for them. As we look in Class 2, I already alluded to it a little bit, but Valley Catholic victors over uh, Scott City last night. Uh, a good win for them. So Scott City, who actually uh, had the first points of the game, but uh, 43 unanswered points by Valley Catholic, and they get the win big. Again, over Scott City. So in Class, let's see, Class 3, Park Hills with a victory 52-13 to over St. Jen, ending their season. Class 4 in a comeback variety, Hillsborough winning over Festus 29-28. So a big win for them. State ranked Hillsborough. And then in Class 5, Jess, it was Cape Central getting the victory. Their back-to-back district championships—they get it done, 37 to 13 over Farmington. So big win for the Tigers. Thomas
4: and Boyd in the backfield behind Spain, who's in the shotgun. Two wide receivers split to the left. Spain takes the snap, hands it off to Zaire Thomas. Thomas breaks the tackle at the 15, the 10, the five—touchdown Tigers! The junior put his head down, got his pad level low, plowed through two defenders, and walked into the end zone.
2: So that was the first touchdown of the day for Cape Central. That was courtesy of Ryan Tate right here on Semo ESB and Radio. So good win for them. And then in Class Six, without their starting quarterback, Jess, still able to to do the work. Jackson with a victory and a big win. They get it done over and roll over Secman, uh, 55 to 21. This was their first touchdown of the game two receivers left one to the right they hand it to hampton there he goes
0: he is going to the house one play from jalen hampton 47 yards no flags and the indians are on the board on a jalen hampton touchdown run
2: so again jalen hampton with a touchdown and again jackson rolling their offense uh, too much for seckman so What stood out to you in the district championship night, Jess? Ironically, I think the two games that stood out most to
3: me were the semifinal games in Class 1. I think we're getting a sense of just how far the gap is between the top five teams or so and the rest of the class. Um, I mean, Thayer and um, Kabul, who Marionville played. Um, As well as, I mean, St. Vincent is up there, too. I think they're ranked sixth in the state um Van Far is a little bit farther down the rankings but all three teams that that those squads played last night were supposed to be some of the best teams in the state and they blew them out I mean these are a couple these are a trio of teams that are just on a crash course to play each other and with Portageville and Marionville now both winning they're number 1 and number 2 in the state and that sets up just a district championship game I mean it's just sometimes it's it's the way the cookie crumbles uh, so that's a little bit unfortunate, but that is the game of the year in Class 1. I mean, even if it's a blowout, um, I know we've had a couple times on here where we're like, oh, yeah, this on paper looks like it could be the game of the year in Southeast Missouri, um, and a lot of those games have been blowouts, unfortunately, this year. But even if it does go that way, you have the top two teams in the state. That's the way that it's supposed to be in the postseason. It's unfortunate that it's not for more at stake, I guess. It's not for, like, a semifinal or championship game, but um, that's that's what's coming. and. It's just crazy to me that these teams just continue to roll. I mean, 49-8 Portageville over Thayer. And, again, I think Thayer, if I have my numbers right, it was the number seven team in the state coming to this week, and that's how the rankings were working out. And that's what they were able to do against them. And same thing with Marionville. Kabul was, I believe, the number nine team in the state, and they blew them out. So that's the level that they are at. It's, it's just a, a step above right now for everybody else. So they get to clash next week. That is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And it was interesting to see a lot of the district championship games kind of in that um, distant scoring fashion. Too, Not too many of them were close. Um, I know that Cape Central had kind of shut out Farmington earlier in the years, 35 nothing. but the opening kickoff, the Knights had like a pooch short kick. It wasn't an onside kick. They just kind of kicked it to an area where there wasn't anybody. And then they went down and recovered it, and two plays later, they scored a touchdown. So within... Fifty seconds of the game starting. It was seven nothing Farmington and everybody kinda had this Oh boy. Okay, we're in for one here. And then it was just Keyshawn Boyd and Zaire Thomas and we're gonna put this thing to sleep. I mean Keyshawn Boyd had a ninety-nine yard touchdown. It was crazy. I mean, everything just seemed like it started working for Cape Central. Their freshman kicker, Joey Charlton, shout out to him. He hit a forty yard field goal as time expired in the half. I mean, it seems like Cape Central always just finds this gear when the postseason comes wrong. Everybody loves to doubt them. Ah, well, when you get out here, they <laughs> I don't know what it is. They just don't look that great. And Then they get on the field, and that this is what they do. They just find a way to turn it on. So I love the Tigers in the postseason. Uh, you can always count on something interesting happening with Kent Gibbs at the helm.
2: Yeah, and then Jackson again winning in Class 6. So uh, some local teams still in there and kind of going back to uh, – to class one, Jess, you know, keep in mind there's only the four districts. You know, most classes have uh, seven to eight you know, districts. The only the four districts in class one, they've combined them together, um, so that does you know, there's not a, as many class one schools as as some of the other classes. But again, very impressive what Portageville's have been able to do as well. I know you had something else. Oh, well, it's uh, because they did that. It's tough
3: with the way that they have districts structured. So the yes. district championship game for Marionville and Portageville, the Bulldogs have to travel four hours to play that game. That's not your average. And
2: it's on a Saturday.
3: Yeah, that's not your average time to travel for a district title. I mean, that's that's a little tough. And that played a role in why they had to move it to Saturday because it's you can't have kids getting out of school uh, Friday afternoon and then driving four hours getting off the bus and expecting them to be at, at their best. So um, that that makes it tough. Uh,
2: but obviously with uh, they're three games away from – a state championship, so we'll see what happens. So, again, good wins, and, again, that clip I played earlier uh, of Jackson and Jalen Hampton, that was of Eric Sean on uh, one of our sister stations, Mike FM. So, again, good wins. Uh, again, talk, talking to head coach Jim May coming up in the Class 2 District 1 championship as the Scott City Rams just back-to-back. Actually, that's three years in a row now they've had nine win seasons, averaging 42 Points a game this year, just coming up a little bit short. But uh, Coach Jim May does a good job with this Scott uh, Scott City program. I think they're losing 12 seniors, uh, guys like you know Tyson Underwood, Mark Panagas. Great seasons that they had. You know they started clicking. They're kind of similar to Cape Central. They started clicking at the right time. And you know they're a team. You know early on in the season they were kind of counted out. They dealt with some injuries. They had a couple of losses early on, um, but they also have some really good wins. On their schedule in Class 2, but just uh, you know, ran into a powerhouse. Valley's been clicking all year long, and it was knew that it was going to be a tough game going in. But uh, give credit to the season that Scott City had, and again, that'll be fun talking to him here in just a couple of minutes.
3: Yeah, I think all year we had been talking about how, what, just what a gauntlet Class 2 District 1 was going to be, and for them to have made it all the way to the title game and had a shot to make it out of there is really impressive for them. So a, a great season for the Rams, and can't wait to catch up with the coach about it.
2: Anything else stand out to you or, you know, just something you want to comment on as far as for a high school football week. Jackson with their backup quarterback and yes. still being able to
3: do what they did last night, I think turned a lot of heads. Um, that one was, it was an interesting one. That having to travel away from the pit, um, which is um, obviously that's one of the better advantages in high school football in all of Missouri. And for them to just kind of stroll into segment and score four touchdowns in the first quarter, I mean, That was really impressive, uh, especially with Jalen Hampton being able to carry shoulder a a big load there to to take some weight off the offense. I mean, we've been talking about him, how especially he is all year long, and for all the focus to have been on him and still be able to come away with that, uh, I think it's a credit to him but also to the offensive line as well. Um, And if they can get going, sometimes offensive line and defensive line in high school is the most important thing on the field. So um, if they can continue to carry that, who knows how far they can they can go this season
2: yeah coach nesbitt uh, they had a piece uh, by the southeast Missourian Cole colee had this quote you know coach nesbitt said about his quarterback he did a good job he has good weapons around him he's got a quality offensive line as well he said we're really fortunate to have a number two quarterback quarterback that is as talented as he is so obviously uh drew parsons has done a nice job stepping up in uh, the absence of Uh, Adrian Fox, but uh, again Jackson, just uh, (laughs) they just find ways to to win too. They've been a good program for so long, so we'll see how far they can go. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we'll talk things over with head coach Jim May of the Scott City football team. So stay with us. It's the Semo Scramble right here on Semo ESPN. Welcome back into the SEMO Scramble here on SEMO ESPN Radio. Jess Todd, Rusty Hendricks, and we'll continue our high school football theme as we talk things over with head coach Jim May of the Scott City uh, Rams. And coach, thanks for joining us this morning. How are we doing?
0: Oh, we're doing great, Dad. Thanks for having me. You
2: bet. I know, Coach, that uh, you know, the season did not end the way that, that you wanted it to, but you have to be proud of what uh, they've been able to accomplish this year. But I do want to take you back a little bit before we kind of talk about the season as a whole to last night's game against Valley. Um, you guys you know, got on the board early, so it got a little momentum going in that game. But, uh, again, just tough kind of slowing down the offense for Valley Catholic. They've been strong all year. But just uh, you know, kind of what was your takeaways from last night's game and how hard was it to kind of have that – post-game speech to your senior
0: class well you know we knew going in um, we felt like they probably had the decided advantage up front they were really good on both sides offensive defensive line Uh, and you know uh, they're a really good defensive team and so we knew it was going to take a great defensive effort um, and while the stats and the final score may not look like it uh, we played exceptionally well defensively uh, we changed some things, you know. We got a bunch of stops in the first half. Uh, we got a drive, went down, scored, made it seven to nothing. We carried that into the second quarter with a lead, um, and and then we got give up a couple scores. Uh, and offensively, they changed and uh, went to a fifty-two defense and just basically started bringing the house at us uh, to shut down the run game and made us kind of one-dimensional. Uh, we could move the ball past them, but we couldn't sustain drives. Uh, there in the first half, right towards the end of the half, we got a big play, got down first and goal, and then couldn't get it in. Dropped a couple passes in the end zone, which is uncharacteristic for us. Uh, or we could have went in and 14, 14 a half, but we went at and a half. And then just we couldn't we couldn't sustain anything offensively. Defensively, they really did a great job. They're a really good team, man. I mean, they just really are. And uh, and then our defense just wore down. You know, they were on the field almost the entire second quarter, entire third quarter, and they hit us with some big runs, had some breakaways, and then it just kind of got away from us. But, uh, you know, our kids played exceptionally hard, and uh, I think it probably was our best defensive effort of the year, even though it don't look like it. But uh, it, I was very proud of what we did.
3: Well, Coach, if you're proud of a group, obviously that that speaks volumes. And for the season that you guys had to have started kind of shaky, but to get to that point of saying that it was your best performance of the year and it was building all the way towards that, what does it say about the team that you had this year?
0: Well, you know, we were unsure of what we had coming into the year because we were replacing basically everybody except for uh, Panagas and Underwood. And, uh, you know, and these kids stepped up. I can't say enough about what they did. Most of these guys had never really been the starter because the group in front of them had always played above them. And, man, they just – you know, we started out a little shaky. We dealt with some injuries early. You know, It started out 2-2. Two and two, Probably should have been a little better, but that's just what happens when you deal with injuries. But they persevered, they fought, they clawed, and then we got healthy at the end and we made a good run.
2: So, again, Coach, uh, I think it was 12 seniors on for the, the class this year. Just what was, again, that um – Huddle like there at the end, talking to them. I know losing guys like Mark Panagos, Tyson Underwood, uh, Gavin Venable, and others. I mean, had a great years for this team, but it maybe also it, you can give a a little insight on message. Maybe you you talk to the guys that are coming back next year. That hey, you know, this team wasn't expected to maybe do as much, but look what they accomplished, and see what you can guys can do as well.
0: Well, you know, it's just uh them. Thanking the seniors for everything they've done because for four years I've expected a lot and demanded a lot out of them, and they've given me everything they had for four years. I'm sorry I don't have much of a voice left from last night, but uh, you know, and uh, you know, I'm just tell them how proud you are of everything they accomplished. I mean, they won 27 games in the last three years. Uh, you know, that's pretty. It's a pretty good accomplishment, especially for our school. And, and uh, you know, I'm I'm proud of them. And then when you look at it, you know, uh, on our defensive line last night, our two defensive tackles started were freshmen. Our right offensive tackle was a freshman. Our right offensive guard was a sophomore. Uh, you know, Jackson Gloss plays slot and safety on both sides as a sophomore. We've got some uh, really good pieces returning. Uh, you know, I just looked at those guys and said, "There's a lot of work ahead of you to get to where this is. This didn't happen by accident. They worked really hard to get here, and so now it's your turn to step up and go to work."
3: For the first year that you guys had, uh, moving up to Class 2 um, after after being in Class 1 last year and in, in the season that you guys had, uh, what was that like for you knowing that it wasn't a step back, it was a step forward, and, and there was no uh, deer-in-the-headlights kind of look. It was full steam ahead, and, and this is all the way to, a, to
0: on the cusp of a district title last night. Well, you know, we seem to have that kind of luck. and. In 2019, we were going to be really, really good, and we knew it. And we ended up being the smallest Class 2 in the state that year. We got bumped up in Class 1. It just kind of seems to happen to us. But, you know, we just we don't worry about that. We don't worry about the end. We worry about one week at a time, and we know who's on our schedule, and we face our opponents, and we just continue to try and get better. We talk every year about we want to play our best at the end of the year. I mean, it would be great to win conference. It'd be great to be nine and zero at the end of the regular season, but you want to be playing your best when you get to week ten, and when it really, really matters. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm very excited about how we how we played. And you know, we went down and <clears throat> took care of a really good New Madrid team last year, last week. And uh, you know, and nobody really gave us a chance to win that one. And you know, and our rally cry all year long was kind of like uh, when the districts came out. You know, our district was Valley and New Madrid County Central. Was, and uh, everybody was talking about how tough it was. And then we got a lot of pundits saying that everybody was playing for second place. And, and we've talked all year about we, were, we weren't we were playing for second place. We were playing for first. And uh, we went to try and get it.
3: It seems like there's a certain grit that comes along with playing for Scott City. And you're no stranger to the history of the program. Where do you think that mindset has come from with all the people from the past leading up to, to these teams now?
0: Yeah, I mean... It's, it's always been, it was that way in the eighties. I know it was that way in the seventies, but I lived it. I mean, you know, that's one thing we had, we talked about, uh, in this week during the season, I talked about 1986. I said, you know, we went to Valley Catholic week one. I think they were two time defending state champs. And, and, you know, and we beat them. I said, it can be done. I've seen it happen. I lived it. And, uh, you know, and, and that's just kind of our community. We're, uh, roll up our sleeves and go to work. Uh, and uh, you know, and you can see it in things like our Green Game and football, or or anything with community. You know, our community rallies around everything, and we all band together and do things, and and it produces kids like that too. That these kids will band together and and just do what they got to do to try and be successful.
2: Well, I can speak to that a little bit. I, you know, I was around your program for a couple of years. I think it was 2013, 2014, coach, and. Uh, that grit, I know part of that's coming from you and i I think that you do an excellent job as far as uh, coaching this team and, and and you know you know showing that toughness and that carries out seems like through your players and one of those players Mark panagas you know fighting through some injuries early, having uh back to back excellent seasons up for the card trophy again this year coach uh he you know was up for you know Silver ball awards you know best offensive player of the year as well last year i mean. What can you say about him and how he has persevered and a guy that has a chance to play at the next level, too?
0: Um, you know, Mark's a special athlete. Uh, you know, as a freshman, we played Mark at slot, and he had 900 yards rushing and 900 yards receiving. Uh, and then, you know, he, he ended up moving to running back, and then eventually he had to move to quarterback out in the system. Um, And he is an exceptional player. He affects the game so many ways. He's our kicker. He can kick it in the end zone. He kicks extra points. He can make field goals. He's a great punter. You know what I mean? He was an all-state punter last year. Uh, He punt returns. He kick returns. He's an unbelievable defensive player. I think he's had eight defensive interceptions return for touchdowns in his high school career. Uh, You know, he he does everything exceptionally well and at a high level. He's big, he's strong, and he's physical, you know. And uh, it's like I talked about whenever we were – sending in the forms for the car trophies, nominations, and stuff. You know, I'm like, I don't think there's a person in Southeast Missouri that affects a game more than he does every week because he has every part of it. He is, he's a huge part of every part of it, and uh, you know, and and one stat that really, I know stats don't tell the whole story, but when I was figuring up, he has over ten thousand yards from scrimmage in his high school career. Wow, uh, that that's pretty impressive.
3: Special player, and uh, last week we, we saw Coach Tuke on the sidelines taking in your game against New Madrid, so who knows? Maybe uh, maybe he'll be sticking around close for his, his college days. That would be fun to see. But uh, oh, That would sure be awesome.
0: Yeah,
3: as, as a whole, I mean, we touched on it a second ago, especially with Mark and Tyson Underwood and, and so many guys that have affected the program with so many different legacies that, Teams over the years and classes over the years have left on the program. What do you think it's going to be years from now that people will remember about this group in particular?
0: Uh, just the toughness, just how how they were willing to step up when their name was called. That's that's what I even talked to it about with younger kids already. I'm like, you know, these guys, they we didn't even know if they were going to make it. And they stepped up and assumed it. And from day one, when we started last April, messing around and doing things and spring stuff, and then when we got to May, I mean, they just they took leadership roles, they took ownership, and they just put their put their head down and worked. And uh, you know that didn't happen by accident. They they earned it every bit of it. I mean, I couldn't be more proud of a group. I know I've had groups that maybe won more games or won a championship, but. I'm telling you, I'm really proud of these guys for what they accomplished because, you know, these this wasn't a whole group of studs. They, uh, they worked really hard to get to where they could be and be really good at what they did.
2: All right, Head Coach Jim May, again, appreciate the time this morning. Thanks for joining us, and a congrats on an excellent season, and uh, we'll be rooting for you again next year.
0: I appreciate it very much, and, uh, you know, I want to say, when we talk about the green game, I remember your interview with Dom. I still have it yep. on you know on my computer. we listen to it all the time and and it's something that uh we still do and we're still a part of, and I appreciate you doing that, and I appreciate your time today.
2: You bet you know in a day like today, you know Veterans Day when we you know remember those uh, veterans it, it does kind of you know take you back uh, to Dominic Cooper and uh, the what he meant to the Scott City program. so yes, a lot of good memories there.
0: Yep, and, uh, and and happy Veterans Day to all our veterans. That's a good point because, you know, football's a, a, a fun thing to do, but that's real life, and, uh, you know, we honor them today.
2: Well put. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. Thank you. All right, that is head coach Jim May here. And, boy, uh, a lot of admiration to his team, uh, to Jess and uh, Jim May. You know, I talked about it you mentioned the word grit, toughness. He mentioned that, and I do. I think a lot of that comes from Coach May um, and what he's been there for some time now. And, again, I witnessed it uh, firsthand for a few years and uh, what he's done with the program. He's one of the better coaches in the area, no doubt. Yeah, it's fun getting to catch up with them, not at games but at
3: practices, just to see them kind of rally around everything that he's saying and uh, the attention to detail that he brings and making sure that they're getting after it is is a fun thing to take in.
2: All right, so we're going to talk to Dana Powell. She should be ready to go here coming up, and uh, that'll be fun to talk about Phineas Thiel who won uh, the Class 1 State Championship, the 100-yard butterfly, with a time of 48.9 on Friday in St. Peter's. Uh, he also finished fifth place in the 50-yard freestyle, but we'll talk about him and some of the other swimmers as well and just uh, the program from Dana Powell and they've had some good swimmers over the years Jess so it'll be fun talking to her coming up next here on the CMO Scramble
3: Welcome back to the CMO Scramble on CMO ESPN Jess Todd, Rusty Hendricks, little Uno reverse card on you for the, <laughs> the welcome back we're joined by Cape Central swim coach Dana Powell Coach, thanks so much for joining and uh I hear you got some some interesting stuff going on this morning up in St. Louis.
4: <laughs> well, good morning. Uh I do. This is a, a dog sport that I've been doing with my dog for a few years and we're trying to get an advanced uh, tracking title this morning. So, I made a quick trip up this morning to uh see what we can do.
3: <laughs> Tell us a little bit about before we dive into the swimming, how you got into dog tracking? <laughs>
4: Well, uh, years ago, I, I had a, uh, a friend who told me about this dog sport, and it's called Schutzen, and you do tracking, obedience, and protection. And uh, it came from Germany, and I'm a German Shepherd fan, so uh, I thought, okay, I'm going to try it. And our trainer left, and uh, I didn't get much uh, chance to experience it. So when the kids left for college and I was home, I thought, I want to do this again. So fortunately, I got a really good dog. Uh, about six years ago, and I've been doing the sport and just having a great time with it.
3: Well, coach, it seems like any sport you touch, everything <laughs> with success follows. So good luck this morning, um, and well, as hope, <laughs> oh, yeah, continue. Th-
4: well, thank you. It's it's great fun, but believe me, I've I've failed many times at these uh, titles. You know, it's a different learning curve at this age to take up something new. But uh, it's great, people, and I love my dog, so it's great fun to get to. You know, has something to do with her that she enjoys too. So, anyway, but thanks for those kind words. I've just been fortunate to have. Uh, you know, we've got a great swim community in our in our area, and uh, it's just it's been a, a great ride for these years. And I just uh, am so happy for Finn and the whole team.
3: Yeah, and, and going off that, obviously Finn brought home the state title in the hundred butterfly yesterday. So. Forty-eight nine, the final time, and and you were telling me a really good story last night when we got to catch up about how in practice leading up to it, he was just getting more and more confident by the day, and he was saying, "I think I can get down to forty-eight if I if I swim like this right now."
4: He did, and as I've said many times, Finn Finn is very methodical. He puts a lot of thought into his every part of the race. It turns the star at the swimming, and it's apparent. I don't ever worry about Finn's race plan or where his head is before he races, but he had a couple of good swims in practice and the times were really nice. And that's when he started realizing, well, Hey, if I can do this in practice, you know, maybe with a shave and a taper, or, or rest and all that, we can, we can hit those times. And sure enough, I like clockwork. I mean, he didn't even, he's never even gone a 50 point. He went right from a 51, four to the 49 and then to the 48. So we are so excited uh, already for next year. And, see uh you know where he's going to be but um you know i wasn't really thrilled about that 50 free because it's right before the fly and uh didn't kind of have a good idea to do that swim as a warm-up and then stay warm through that we have a little break there where diving usually is and go into the fly and it really worked out perfectly so uh it it was really it it was a great weekend
3: Using a state title finals meet <laughs> as a warm up is an interesting approach, and he's still got all state finishing in fifth. That's something else. I guess for the butterfly uh, race, just kind of walk us through the moment for that from start to finish.
4: Okay, well, the day before, he'd gotten a little bit jammed up on a turn. You know, when you're swimming butterfly, you've got to come into the wall with both hands. And uh, there was the famous Michael Phelps race in the Olympics years ago where he had to decide, am I taking another stroke? or my kit going to kick in? And, and that's what can kind of happen sometimes on butterfly. If you get to the wall sooner than you think. So his, his finish and two of his turns were perfect, but he did get jammed up on one the first day. So yesterday he had one, he kind of glided into, or we, we know he would have been even a little bit faster. So anyway, he had, he has a beautiful start and his underwaters are amazing. So he came up ahead of the field and then at every wall he just extended that lead and his stroke is i mean it's just amazing to watch in fact some of my coaching friends said and pre after freelance he said well we watched him swim and it was beautiful but it didn't look that fast that's what's fun about Finn—he's so he's so uh he's got the stroke down so well that you watch him and you think hey it's pretty but maybe it's not that fast and you look at the board and you're like oh my goodness it's fast and beautiful." So. Anyway, it was just a thrill, and I love for the spectators and the other athletes to get to see someone who has developed that stroke and really take it to that level like he did. It was it was just an amazing day.
2: Well, give us some insight a little bit, Coach, as what the, the state championships was like. I know this program is no stranger to uh, the state championships and having some, some excellent uh, boys swimmers in particular, but also, too, what kind of a challenge it's been this year is – it's been kind of a struggle finding practice time, especially with the with the bubble under renovation.
4: You know, I, I just shake my head sometimes to think how fast we have been swimming under the circumstance, and we have been fortunate, you know, through the years. And it's been a joy to uh, to see this the swimming progress in our area. You know, we were the only team back in 1990, and now we have six local teams, which. I think uh, everyone did a great job. We had poplar Bluff, Notre Dame Saxony, Jackson all represented, and that was really says a lot, I think for Southeast Missouri. but uh, it has been a challenge, and we've had a group of freshmen that really couldn't even swim the length of the pool to start the year. So the fun thing about high school swimming is we have all levels, we have a state champion, and then we have people just learning to swim and kind of people in between so um anyway it's it's been a fun year for that and uh we are i'm already excited about next year because finn's never had a relay at state with him in three years so our goal is next year to hopefully his senior year have a relay so he can swim and we can get some more boys experiencing that state meet well, Coach, but we did have we held four records uh yesterday and we at all three three out of four were broken so We have one record remaining in class one. So, anyway, it's fun to see the records broken, but I love hearing them announce uh, Cape Central uh, holds a record before they go down.
3: (laughs) I can imagine that never gets old. And I would imagine the the girls probably have some shots at that coming up for their season. Obviously boys for the fall and now girls are next. So kind of give us a little preview of some things to come for that side.
4: Well, we are so excited. I'm so excited about the girls' season. I almost didn't want it to get here because I know how fast it goes. But um, this girls' team, we have, I think, 14 seniors this year, and which is half our team, and we are definitely on a mission. I mean, we want to send a message early in the season that we're ready to go, and, uh, you know, we've got some hefty, lofty goals uh, all season, and especially when we get to February. If we feel like we've got a little unfinished business to take care of and, Uh, really excited to be moving forward with these girls these girls i just can't one of my favorite all-time groups they are they're smart they're kind they're organized they're they're hard working they're compassionate they just check all the boxes and to get to spend time with a group of student athletes like this it's, it's just a joy not that every every moment's perfect but um We've just had a great time, and I just can't wait to see what this group can do because now they know they can do, you know, we've been there, we can do some things, and and I think we're going to have a great time this year.
3: Well, Coach, one thing that I had said leading up to this, I think swimming of all sports I've ever tried to try to do at a competitive level is the hardest one. (laughs) So I want to hear your input (laughs) on where it might rank to try to get up to the level of maybe like a fin or – some of the girls that are going to be in the running for a state title this year, just how difficult that is. Because I think it's, it might be hard for some people to be able to realize that and put into context. Uh,
4: you know, you're so right. And, and swimming, um, back in when triathlons were first getting started, people thought, hey, I can swim. And they would jump in, you know, and they couldn't make it because most people's definition of swimming is different than the swimming that we did yesterday. And it is tough, and it's demanding. And I remember when Brogan Davis was in high school, for one of his reports, he had to write down um, something, and that he covered swimming. And people couldn't believe he's swimming in the morning. He's swimming in the evening. They're going to the weight room. I mean, Finn spends time in the weight room. He's training. It's, it's really, to be at this level, I'll just say there's very few people that come back the second day at our state meet that don't train you around. It's just it takes that kind of dedication, that kind of commitment, and uh, not everyone's capable of, of, you know, making that commitment and working that hard. So, anytime there's a swimmer that swims at that level, you know that they they have focus, uh, they're motivated, they can take some pain and training, and uh, it's it's it is tough and it can be kind of lonely, but um, you know it's it's a, it's a great sport. It, it develops your body physically in so many ways it's a lifetime sport so anyway i'm just you know that's my favorite thing swimming so I, I love to talk about it but you're right it is tough and to get to that level uh it's it takes so much dedication and commitment
2: last thing for me coach and we'll let you go you mentioned uh, here at the beginning of this interview about uh competition you know dog competition and you know being up there in st louis once again i just want to know uh how good of a swimmer that your dog is, and have you incorporated <laughs> have you incorporated that to your practice routine with Wimby Finn and some of the others?
4: <laughs> well, uh, my dog uh, loves, my female, who's now six, loves to swim. She's created her own game in the pool with her ball, <laughs> and her son, who's a year and a half old that uh, I have all summer, did not want to get in the pool. And so finally in August, he discovered swimming, and, and then he created his own game with the ball. So, believe me, we have a great time in the water at, all the time. I bet they, fortunately for me, they love to swim.
2: That's awesome. Well, Coach, <laughs> appreciate the time, and good luck in the uh, competition today, and good luck again for the uh, for the girls coming up in the spring.
4: Well, thanks so much, and I just want to thank you all for recognizing Finn and swimming because, you know, sometimes individual sports, it's it's – It's not in the limelight as much as some of the team sports, and I get that. But we really appreciate you taking time to recognize swimming and let me talk about it a little bit. So thank you so much.
2: You bet, Coach. Appreciate it. Have a great day.
4: You too. Bye.
2: All right. That was head coach Dana Powell. Appreciate her for joining us. And, uh, yeah, Jess, I, I don't know, maybe uh, incorporate uh, the dogs a little bit, help with the training routine for Finn and some of the others. I, I think we got something going there.
3: <laughs> we definitely do. <laughs> yeah, but the Cape Central swim program is is a lot of fun to be around. Boys and girls side, uh, some of the best talent in the entire state. As Finn showed yesterday, as some of the girls showed at state with their titles um, last season as well and and hopefully we'll make a run at it run out again this year. So uh if you've ever been curious about what uh what a high level athlete in the pool looks like, check out Cape Central uh when the when the girls season comes around.
2: Yeah, and I know that uh Dana alluded to it, but Finn just a junior, so it will be fun to watching him again next year and she she mentioned it as well. Uh Carson Todd of Popper Bluff finishing fifteenth in the fifteen yard freestyle as well. Saxony Lutheran had a duo uh, Thomas Haas and Mason Landaway—they fell short of the finals, but ha- able to make it up there as well in the the 200 yard freestyle. And then uh, Jackson uh, had a, the 400 yard freestyle. They they had a couple of guys up there as well. And again, uh, mentioning Notre Dame, so uh, good to see the the sport growing a little bit and some local uh, representatives. So again, uh, swimming, like you said, that's something uh, if you want to see some some high flying and and some some neat. Atmosphere that that's one way to do it. If you like the Olympics, you should like this as well. Especially when the bubble gets back completed. I guess it's technically not going to be a bubble
3: anymore. It's yeah. more of a building. But <laughs> the the pool atmospheres are always really neat because it's, it's an enclosed space, and it gets really loud in there. So when you're talking about varsity races, especially the like state championship races or there's something on the line that they're swimming for beyond just the dual meets, It is crazy how loud those places will get, especially with the water, because it will transfer the the noise better, and it will carry it through the whole building. It's it's neat, especially when you're in the pool. I think it's the only sport where you can really hear the crowd noise, even when you're competing. A lot of times it's just kind of you zone it out, but I just remember being in the pool, like going down, and, and you're going for a turn or something. You're completely underwater, and you can still hear it hammering down under there and you're like I got to get moving. <laughs> so it's a lot of fun. Swim meets are they're cool. So yeah, if you've if you to
2: check one out, it it's a unique atmosphere in sports, that's for sure. You know the one category that really amazes me is the diving. That that just I don't know. Uh I was never one that like was super scared and going on the high dive or whatever, but it definitely uh gives you some butterflies, right? And so uh competing in that, that that one impresses me. It, it's neat yeah it, it's just something different and uh I,
3: sometimes like coach said so it's it's tougher with individual sports to uh to put them in the limelight all the time so when we have an opportunity to do that uh like with Finn, uh congratulations again to Finn Thiel. Yep. um the humble kid he <laughs> coach was saying that uh when when we were asking to have him on the show it's just like it's it's not his speed he just likes to get in the pool and hammer his workout he said one other thing that was cool that that she was telling me was when he got up on the podium, there were some people saying, was he unhappy with his time? Because he was standing number one on the podium getting his state championship gold medal and just kind of had this like monotone look on his face. And, and she was like, no, he's very happy with this. But in his mind, the way it works is, okay, I swam 48.9 in the butterfly. How am I going to get that faster for next year? And that's just the way that he operates. So... Who knows? Maybe we'll be talking this same conversation a year from now with, with Finn Theale back on the podium yeah, again.
2: That's awesome. Well, we'll round out the last segment coming up. But we'll talk uh, some college basketball, some college football, and maybe a little news on the Michigan football program as well. Stay tuned. You're listening to the SEMO Scramble here on SEMO ESPN. <laughs> SEMO Scramble here on SEMO ESPN. Jess Todd, Rusty Hendricks on this Veterans Day. Once again, I want to give a shout out to all those veterans out there. Happy Veterans Day and I hope uh everyone's able to recognize you uh for the service that um, that you have and that you deserve. So again appreciate all veterans out there here on SEMO ESPN. So I do want to touch on uh the SEMO Red Hawk basketball team, Jess was on the road last night, a historic Hinkle Fieldhouse. They struggled in that game. Simo shooting just 29% from the field, had just 21 points in that first half. Now, they nearly, uh, at one point, they were outscoring Butler in the second half, but uh, they dropped the decision 91-56, to so they're 0-2 on the year. But two really good teams in Grand Canyon, and now Butler and We've seen Adam Larson lead the team off the bench in double figures in both games. So, a lot of new faces. Uh, some guys that stood out to me from last night's game uh, Rob Martin, Marquez Bell had uh, six points in the second half. I thought he played a pretty good ball game. Uh, David Idata, I thought, made a presence felt, the seven footer last night as well, uh, scoring his first points. And also Braxton Stacker, I thought, uh, finished with nine points. He played a pretty good ball game for Simo as well. But I want to play real quick, Jess, uh, part of the post game interview last night in the ballgame on Real Rock 99.3. This is what uh, Coach Korn had to say about his team.
1: I mean, you're disappointed, of course, Rusty, with the way that you played. There's always going to be some bright spots in the game. There wasn't more than a ton in this one, but it was the start of the second half. I thought our guys responded. We played the way that we can, and we've got to figure out. Of course, it's early in the season, but uh, we don't have to wait to get down by 20, 25, 30 points to, to wake up and play. Uh, each guy's got to come in with a different attitude, a different energy, a different uh, mood about them in order to change And It's not always going to go great for you, but um, I don't think we had enough pride in, uh, in the first half, to be quite honest.
2: So, some strong words there by Coach Corn saying they didn't think the team had enough pride there in the first half. So, back-to-back games in which uh, they did not come out, out of the gates very well, but I do think you know this team's gonna it's gonna take some time to get build some chemistry together jess you know a lot of newcomers to this team a lot of new faces you without uh some of the leadership in dylan branson uh he's not available has not been able to play so far as well so um I do think this team has a lot of talent what kind of potential what how far can they reach that'll be a big question though. Well, we had Coach on last week. His big
3: emphasis coming into these two games was last year when they made the run all the way to the tournament. They got all the way to Dayton and said that his guys looked a little bit deer in the headlights early on in that game. It took them a while to find their stride. They finally did. Obviously, they ended up losing to Corpus Christi. But that early part of the game where they just couldn't really settle in and it seemed like it was kind of the moment and the atmosphere getting the better of them, that was the big thing for these two games is – Let's go into some hostile territory with some places where it's going to be packed, if not sold out like the Grand Canyon game was, and just see how we react in front of massive crowds like that. So now if they are able to turn this around and have a similar storybook season like last year, when they get to the big moment again, they're not going to have that same feeling. So I think these two games were just a lot about feeling it out. Obviously, you mentioned a lot of new faces here that they're still playing around with, seeing who's going to be... Uh, the the big-time role players who's going to be the go-to person in when you need a bucket. So those are things that they're all still feeling out. But the important takeaway from both of these is that there were stretches of really good basketball. Um, and he's, he mentioned the first half they didn't play with enough pride, but that second half they really started kind of figuring it out, settling in a little bit. So as they go through the non-conference schedule, I think that's the big thing for them is just figuring all of that stuff out and, and seeing how they can just continue to let it ride in that that aspect of it.
2: Look, you get some shots to fall. I mean, you're talking about a much more competitive team. Just, again, just 29% from the field. They really struggled from the field. They got some decent looks. I mean, they got some looks from the outside as well. Uh, just 24% from three. So uh, I do think it was good. Only 15 turnovers. I say only. Um, you know, they, you kind of want to stay 15 and under, really, uh, if possible. But uh, so that. It's you know, something you'll take away as well. But back at home for a couple of games, Jess, you have Evansville, the Evansville Aces coming to town, and then Central Arkansas. So next game on Wednesday at the Show Me Center. That'll be fun to kind of get that first look here at home as well. And Speaking of home games, Jess, uh, first home game of the year today. It's blackout night or blackout day, whatever you want to call it. Uh, 2 p.m. tip for the SEMA women basketball team. They'll take on NAIA program Stevens College, they're a pretty good team, though four zero on the year, and Semo zero one after a game in which, kind of the opposite. They had a really good first half, Jess, in their first game of the year against S I U. Second half, not so much. But uh, they're a team that, again, similar to the men, has a lot of new faces to the program, and maybe that's just the how it's going to be, and the new N I L, and and how it is in college athletics. But, um, and I think the women have a, uh, a lot of good girls as well, that uh, could make you know, a really big impact. Alicia Doyle in Game 1 had a career-high 19 points. Uh, she's someone I think can maybe be kind of a scoring duo in tandem there with Julia Green. Those two uh, could be really fun to watch together. And then some some really good new faces. We saw Deja Richmond. She's a really good guard, very fast and athletic youngster uh, for, for SEMO. Uh, Maya Buchanan as well, uh, a big post player. that They're going to need uh, for SEMO as well. So, I don't know, I'm interested to see how they, they play today, and I think it'll be fun. Yeah, just hearing,
3: I got a chance to catch up with Chandler Davis a little bit the other day. She uh, She's a reporter for SEMO as well, so she's always bopping around some of the athletic events and just kind of hearing her thoughts on it. She was basically saying that SIU completely changed up their defensive scheme in the second half and went with some full-court pressure. Um, and it just kind of threw off their offense, and that's really when the Salukis went on a, I think it was a 15-0 run that they were able to put together um, after Simo was leading at the half, and that just completely changed the game. So that was something that they're just going to have to look at and say, all right, well, they threw the full-court pressure at us, and we just, it's something we got to be better at the next time. But, I mean, for them to go toe-to-toe with the Salukis like that in, in the opener when both both teams were kind of like, all right, well, we're, trying, we're figuring some things out here. I think that was a step in the right direction. So um, they felt really good about it, especially the way they played in that first half. And um, if they can kind of dial some of those things in that, that went wrong in the second half, they may have a, a very complete team for the Redhawks in in this this early 2023-24 season. We'll see.
2: So tip off again at 2 p.m. at the Show Me Center. You can listen to the game right here on CMO ESPN. Big game in college football in the OVC Big South Conference, that is UT Martin and Semo. Semo traveling to UT Martin. To, you know, no doubt about it, a tough loss last week to Robert Morris. You know, I I had the schedule before the year, and I kind of looked at it, what I thought maybe could happen. Uh, and I thought there was about three flip games. That what I mean by that is that you know, either team could maybe win, that could change how the the schedule goes for Semo. One of those was against UT Martin. A couple other ones against Eastern Kentucky and Southern Illinois, and they lost those previous two games. They lost a game against Robert Morris I thought they would win. Lost a game against Central Arkansas that I thought they would win. So for SEMO, this is a very important game. they got to win this one if they want to have a chance uh, to win the OVC tournament title. they got to win this game. they got to win out next week as well. So always a fun matchup. These two teams back and forth. Seems like every year. Um, good rivalry that's in college football and the FCS level as well. So for Simo, they got to get it done, find a way on offense. And for Patrick Heidert, we'll see what he can do. Yeah, Patrick
3: earlier this week was saying it has just been a fun week of football. So that's how practice has been going for them. They feel good about it. Um, with the rivalry game, DeMaurier, Vic being back as well, he's healthy, which will help the offense. Um, he was saying that the UC Martin game is always a dog fight, and Coach Tuke kind of just saying along the same lines of that, this game is circled on the calendar Every single year, regardless of the circumstances. So, this is one that they've been looking forward to for a long time. UT Martin's going to be chomping at the bit because of the way that last season went. Not getting to play CMO and then losing the coin flip, which ultimately led to them not making the playoff. So, this one has some some
2: added juice, whether or not both teams want to admit it. Go Redhawks. We'll see if they can get it done today. And last thing, Jess. Uh, here's my breaking news sounder. Breaking news! All right, there's your breaking news sounder. So it came down yesterday as you know, the Michigan Wolverines were leaving to go uh, traveling to Penn State that head coach Jim Harbaugh for Michigan has been suspended for three games, the final re- re- three regular season games of the year. Now, he's still able to coach during the week, Jess, but just not on game day. Now, it is breaking news again this morning as – Michigan was vowed that they were going to try to fight it. But because of the Veterans Day holiday, there's no courts in session. And, of course, being a Saturday as well, uh, he will not coach against Penn State. That is breaking news just came out. That is uh, assured. So he will not coach this week. Potentially, maybe uh, with some court rulings, he could coach uh, the following week or two. But, look, I mean, look, this is also done by the Big Ten, the NCAA. That's a separate entity, Jess, that hasn't come out with a ruling yet. But the Big Ten came out with that suspension. And honestly, like, I don't really understand it, uh, Jess. Um, if you're going to suspend them, suspend them together. Why do it just for game day? He's still coaching throughout the week. Uh, they've been through this already three games earlier this year that they were self-imposed with a suspension due to a different factor with buying a kid a burger. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't, I don't think it's uh, – that big of a punishment, to be honest with you, and I just, like I said, if you're going to suspend him, suspend him. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> All right. So, do have some good college games coming up. Uh, again, Michigan and Penn State, that'll be one that we'll be eyeing for sure. A big uh, Mizzou game as they take on Tennessee, Alabama, Kentucky. You have um, also Utah and Washington. That's a big game today. Along with Ole Miss and Georgia, that's the game tonight at 6 p.m. So who do you got there, Ole Miss or Georgia? What do you think? Georgia is the kings of letting teams
3: that they should roll stay in games until the end and then rip their hearts out. And then when it's a game that should be close, they just roll. Like, they just dominate. So (laughs) I think it's – I'm going with Georgia.
2: It's Mm -hmm. hard to pick against them. Michigan State have a chance against Ohio State today? Yeah, why not? I mean, they have a chance. That's why they play the games. There you go. LSU at Florida. I think LSU should get it done there as well. All right, Jess, appreciate it, man. And, again, happy Veterans Day to all those veterans out there and appreciate your service. So, Jess, uh, thanks again, and it'll be uh, another fun weekend of of, athletics. I'm looking forward to seeing UT Martin's campus. I've never uh, never been down there, so this game's going to be a lot of fun. All right. So Jess Tide will be there to take on that UT Martin and SEMO football game. Good luck to the Redhawks there. Good luck to the Red Hawk women today as well. And since it happened last Saturday, do want to give a final shout out, Jess. Congrats to the Advance Hornets state champions as well in class one volleyball. That one was fun. I had I had the full orange on. So I was
3: <laughs> I was full full advanced hornets for that one. Lived up to my picky promise. So
2: Yes, congratulations, Class 1 state champs. And last thing, uh, it is opening weekend for rifle season deer hunting uh, here in the state of Missouri. My dad just sent me a picture. Got him a deer this morning, so congrats, Dad, on that. So, folks, appreciate the time. Hope you enjoy your weekend. And, again, happy Veterans Day to all. So, Jess Todd, Rusty Hendricks, here on the CMO Scramble. Till next time, thanks so much. Have a good weekend. You've been listening to the SEMO Scramble on SEMO ESPN.
1: Tune in every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 for a dash of hometown drive with Rusty Hendricks and Jess Todd right here on the SEMO Scramble. Yes, don't miss the latest news, scores, and stories that matter most to local sports enthusiasts. From the bootheel and beyond. Right here on SEMO ESPN, 1220 AM, 93.5 FM, the SEMO ESPN app, and at SEMOESPN.com.